Welcome back to the Esoteric News Briefs, your source for the mysterious, the nerdy, and the weird. I'm your host, Jason. Let's get started. From ScienceAlert.com, Voyager spacecraft detect an increase in the density of space outside the solar system, by Michelle Starr. Most of us have been taught that space is a vacuum, devoid of material outside the occasional space junk. Sure, there's gas pockets and asteroids, and other random debris, but by and large, space is a bunch of nothing. At least, that's what we thought. NASA has measured the density of space, which seems weird in itself considering how minimal the density actually is. What they measure is the number of electrons per cubic centimeter. In our solar system, the average number is between 3 and 10 electrons per cubic centimeter, but this reduces the farther away you get from the sun. Beyond our solar system, this number drops to just over 0.03 cubic centimeters. So you're looking at roughly 33 to 34 square centimeters of space before you run into a random electron floating around. Granted, I'm terrible at math, so this calculation could be off. What the Voyager probes noticed is that there is a noticeable shift once you cross the heliosphere of our solar system. To picture what the heliosphere is, think of it like an atmosphere around the solar system rather than being around a planet. Once the probes crossed the known edge of our heliosphere, the electrons per centimeter increased, thus making outer outer space just a bit denser. The farther out the probes got, the denser the space got, until their latest reports showing a density of 0.12 to 0.13 electrons per cubic centimeter, or roughly one electron per nine cubic centimeters, as opposed to 33. Granted, it's not like the probes are flying through an ocean of electrons, but they are still encountering more than they did at the edges of our own solar system. While this doesn't mean much for us at the immediate moment, it does mean that we will have to account for increased density in the future when we begin to plan for interstellar travel. Think of it like our ocean. On the surface, there's not really any added pressure on the hull of a ship. Get into a submarine, and begin to dive, and the pressure increases the deeper you go. This means that we can't really say how dense interstellar space is, the space between solar systems. Chances are, it depends on how close the nearest system is, and where the boundaries of its own heliosphere are. Coming to us from LiveScience.com, scientists call for serious study of unidentified aerial phenomena, by Leonard David. Most of us have seen the Navy FLIR cam videos showing UFOs moving and accelerating beyond speeds that human pilots could withstand. Even stranger is that they do so without creating a sonic boom or disturbing the physical space around them, i.e. clouds don't scatter in the wake of UFO movement. These reports often leave top military leaders scratching their heads and shrugging their shoulders. The armed forces have cutting-edge detection technology, but UAPs seem to know when we are actively looking for them, so we are left with what happens to appear on recording devices that were otherwise already active. Felipe Alaris, a project controller at the European Space Agency's Space Research and Technology Center in the Netherlands, has a novel idea. Let's use our satellites. 
The European Union has a series of satellites known as the Copernican Observational Satellites that can be utilized in the search for UAPs. In fact, researchers are currently focusing on a section of ocean near Catalina Island where the USS Nimitz had its famous encounter with a fast-moving UAP. Not only would these observations account for their own sightings, they would offer corroborating evidence should pilots of terrestrial aircraft make a sighting of their own. What is largely frustrating many researchers in the phenomena is the label of extraterrestrial being applied to the sightings. As of now, there is no real evidence that any of these craft are of alien origin. We simply don't know how they could be created on Earth, considering they seemingly break the laws of physics. So the assumption that many modern people have is that they are alien. Assigning results to a hypothesis before you can even begin testing is simply bad science, and that is exactly what modern UAP researchers are trying to avoid. From the Sydney Morning Herald, in a Tibetan cave, Australian archaeologists find evidence of a mysterious ancestor. Written by Liam Mannix. In Tibet, there are caves that are considered holy sites for Buddhist monks. These sites are considered sanctuaries, so archaeologists are only allowed in them for a few days each year. Only at night, in the middle of winter, when it's negative 18 degrees Celsius. Digging through the frozen dirt, archaeologists have found bones of gazelles, foxes, rhinoceroses, a cache of stone tools, and a fragment of a humanoid jawbone. While there were no identifiable human remains, the jaw and tools indicate that some human ancestors were present. Rather than rely solely on fossil evidence, the scientists looked for something considerably smaller, DNA. Testing the soil samples at specific depths, scientists were able to identify DNA, not from a human, but from a cousin of the Neanderthal, Denisovans. These mankind-adjacent hominids were uniquely adapted to live at high altitudes and interbred with human populations before going extinct. This genetic trait is still active in modern Tibetans, which allows them to thrive in their mountainous country. Oddly enough, Australian Aborigines also carry roughly 5% Denisovan DNA, showing evidence of this species' migratory patterns, or at least the migratory patterns of early humans, who had interbred with them previously. Using this technique of DNA fishing, scientists were able to recover evidence of Denisovan habitation from four different time periods spanning the course of roughly 55,000 years, all within this cave. In the MoscowTimes.com, Practical Magic, How Russia's Ancient Witchcraft Traditions Continue to Thrive, by Samantha Burkhead. Witchcraft in Russia has a growing influence, expanding from the traditional practices of Slavic paganism, village magic, Western esotericism, and modern Wicca. Similar to American conjure, Russian witchcraft is a series of older practices blended with prayer and reinterpreted through a modern global filter. Irina Agafanova, owner of Happy Witch Magic Store, which sounds infinitely better in Russian, says that the most popular form of magic among clientele is, quote, everyday magic, such as the burning of cleansing herbs and ritual candles. 
Taro is also making strong inroads, serving as a primer for the archetypes often seen in more esoteric systems. Witchcraft and mysticism has managed to survive in Russia since the Christian conversion in the 10th century and even the secular socialism movement in the 20th century. Largely, they survived as superstitious practices, such as, if you forgot an item and have to return home, make sure to look in a mirror before leaving again to ensure a good journey. It would be remiss to talk of Slavic magic without mentioning its spokeswoman, Baba Yaga. The term Babki refers to an older woman with ancient wisdom and a deep connection with the natural world. Unlike Western beliefs, Russian witchcraft was not considered satanic and often coexisted alongside the church. They even have a term for it, meaning dual belief. This melding of cultures is seen even today where folk magic, holistic medicine, and psychic healings are advertised in newspapers and on television. That doesn't mean that there isn't still a taboo on witchcraft in places within the Russian sphere of influence. Chechnya, a Muslim-majority country, still persecutes people on the very suspicion of witchcraft, and attacks still take place when someone, usually a woman, is accused of using black magic. Even in Russia itself, more conservative lawmakers are attempting to curb occult practices and even ban Halloween. Coming to us from Variety.com, How Hollywood Has Failed Black Witches, According to Real Black Witches, written by Brianna Bell. Let's face it, black witches are usually depicted in one of two categories. The supportive friend or ally who bolsters the usually white protagonist, or the villain. That's not to say that certain shows and movies aren't trying to be more inclusive, but it seems like their characters still fall into one of those two roles, often with devastating consequences. Professor Donald Cosentino, author of The Sacred Arts of Haitian Voodoo, says that there are two types of magic depicted in early American minstrel shows, one where magic is laughable, or one that scares the shit out of you. What's interesting is that in either case, magic is still considered real. This same setup is seen in modern cinema. While hoodoo and voodoo are getting more airtime, they are still being depicted as malevolent systems. Cosentino explains that a lot of it has to do with zombies. Yes, zombies. You see, much of America was introduced to hoodoo through the popularization of the zombie movie craze. At the same time, there was a larger influx of black Cubans immigrating to the States. Combine this with the Haitian Revolution, the first and only successful national slave revolution, and you have the makings for a story that caused white middle America to quake in its boots. Professor Cosentino is working to change the depiction of these practices in media by acting as a consultant, most recently on the CW show Cloak and Dagger. He's not the only one working to more accurately portray black magical practices. Moon Ferguson created the wildly popular YouTube series called Juju, based around three friends and their emerging magical gifts. She says, referring to studio execs, My hope was they're going to see black people, Hispanic people, Latinx people, and they're going to see that we like this genre too, and we can make it our own. The first season of Juju is available on YouTube, and I'll post a link to it below. 
from the NewYorkTimes.com, Ancient Remains in Peru Reveal Young, Female, Big Game Hunter, by James Gorman. In the Andes Mountains of Peru, the 9,000-year-old grave of a big game hunter was recently discovered. The archaeological site revealed a quantity of projectile points and other stone tools, causing excavators to muse, Oh, he must have been a great chief. He was a great hunter. Well, they were partially right. DNA sequencing shows that the great hunter was, in fact, a teenage girl. While a male buried with hunting implements would never have his hunting prowess questioned, collaborators investigating this site said, The interpretation of grave goods as a cultural, symbolic act is not simple or straightforward. Basically, they don't want to assume that a woman buried with hunting tools and field dressing equipment was a hunter. Maybe her loved ones just happened to bury her with those items, right? Almost universally, people are buried with items that are reflective of their character, not items that stand in opposition of their everyday life. Finally, we'll end on something a little bit weird. I'm not going to reveal the headline, because it sort of ruins the surprise. An Idaho Falls man has earned himself two years probation and a temporary ban from Yellowstone National Park. A park ranger recounts that a report was received saying that a group of ten people were hiking beyond the safety boundaries of the Shoshone Geyser Basin. When approached, it was found that one of the men was in possession of cooking pots and two chickens in a sack, which he had placed inside the hot spring. In addition to probation and a ban from the park, the man was also given a $600 fine. There is no word on the condition of the chickens. That's all I have for this month. As always, Esoteric News Briefs can be heard every new moon on EsotericBookClub.com or your favorite podcasting app. Esoteric Book Club is now on Patreon. If you like what you hear and want to buy me a metaphorical cup of coffee, it would be much appreciated. Links to the articles and all social media handles associated with the Esoteric Book Club will be posted in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stay weird. If you would like to buy me a metaphysical cup of... wait, no.